Welcome to Fresno's Best Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Maddox. Today we have Bridget Booth on the show. Bridget is the director of the Fresno Bully Rescue. Bridget and her amazing team are doing the hard work of housing some of the most misunderstood dogs. This was an amazing show and one especially great for dog lovers. Please enjoy my conversation with Bridget Booth and Baker will take us there. Fresno's best. Bridget, where do you like to eat in Fresno? Um, okay, so I, <laughs> so I live in Sanger, so um, there's not really a whole bunch out here, but when I go into Fresno, I, I, I don't want to sound basic, but I love Pismos and Westwoods. <laughs> That's but, fine. He makes good food. There's there's nothing wrong with liking it. Yeah, if we're going to go all the way into Fresno, we're going to probably do something special like that. But then there's also a kind of like a a like a little secret place that we like to go to. It's called the Santa Fe Bass Restaurant. Oh, okay. And so it's kind of over like uh over near Tower and it's an old Basque restaurant and it's like they have karaoke on the weekends and it's it's like kind of like a little gem so that's where we kind of like to go as well well so i spent some of my childhood in bakersfield and so i'm I'm very familiar with basque restaurants but for people that don't know about basque food because it's a different experience when you do basque food So, so so for those people not familiar with basque food because it's it is a different experience what what kind of things do you order at that restaurant? Um, so they like to make it like a family style meal. Right. So you get like you order your entree, which they have everything from like pork chops to steak to lamb to uh, all kinds of different specials. But then with your meal, you get like 17 different sides <laughs> that you get to share with the table. So you get salad and, and they make like a, a homemade soup every every day, like a soup of the day. And then yeah, I, I remember when I would go to bass food, I would there would be like French fries and just kind of like random things that came with the food. And I was like, what what's the what is the theme here? Is was always my question. But it's it's such yeah. a fun experience and I, I couldn't recommend it more because I think it's uh it's just something different. Um yeah. you know, dogs are so important in my life and I I'm one of those people that has to turn the TV off when that uh, commercial comes on with the music and McLaughlin or whatever her name is. Uh, <laughs> I just can't, I can't even, I can't even look at the TV, uh, much less like have recognition of what I'm seeing because the thought of any animal not having a home uh, just shatters me. And, you know, I think the other thing too is that certain animals get picked over others and then, you know, I, I was watching this show, Canine Intervention, and, you know, he talks about how, like, black dogs are, like, all black dogs are just so hard to house because they just look scary or something. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like people just have these ideas about dogs and their personalities based on how they look, almost. Like, if a dog is large, therefore it is aggressive or whatever. Um, and I'm sure with your organization, you deal with a lot of myths about uh, quote unquote pit bulls. So what are some of the myths about that breed of dog or that type of dog or that category? Um, and how do you 
help to like re-educate people? Well, I mean, what you said about the black dogs is true. It's called black dog syndrome. And I think a lot of the times in a lot of the shelters, it's already poor lighting. You know, it's dark, it might, might be dingy, it's loud, and the kennels are kind of dark. And so if you have a, an all black dog in these already poorly lit kennels and you're walking families through there, I mean, people might walk right past that kennel, not even realize there's a dog in there. Or it's hard to see their, the facial expressions maybe or tell you know, what the dog's about. So a lot of people shy away from black dogs. So a lot of the shelters, including us, will have like adopt a black dog month where you get a, a discount adoption fee just to help promote and show off those dogs and, you know, shed some light on them. And because a lot of people don't even realize that is even a thing. So, um, but it definitely is, especially for a black pit bull, you know, you got like yeah. two things stacked on top of it, two challenges. So, um, so that's one thing. Um, but we like to be really interactive with the community. Um, nothing, nothing changes a person's perspective more than interacting with a pit bull. And a lot of people really have, might even admit that they've never even interacted with a pit bull before. You know, they've only heard the stereotypes or seen what they've seen on TV and they never actually met a pit bull. Um, or they've had one bad experience in their life and um, just meeting a happens to be a pit bull can change someone's outlook immediately yeah so what so i i guess i'm trying to get at like those stereotypes and where they come from um so what do you think the source of that is and um um well the source is yeah the source is definitely the media um and then I, i think Every there's certain decades that have maligned certain breeds, and so there was the Rottweilers. They had their decade. There's German Shepherds. Uh, there's Chows. There's Pitbulls. There's Dobermans. They've all kind of had their decade of you know oh this is this is the mean dog of the decade. This is the dog to be scary of you know to be scared of. Right. Um, and well, so uh, Pitbulls were definitely like in the early 2000s having a lot of misconception, and so that's right when we kind of came to be and started interacting with um, the community. But that's also when TV Planet came up, like uh, like um, uh, Pit Boss. You know, that really kind of helped change people's perspective and give them a whole different insight to the breed and start pe- changing people's minds. Because the truth is, is that any, any animal can be aggressive if it's put in that situation. And the fact that a dog is larger and maybe mm-hmm. has more power, um, doesn't mean just because it's larger it's meaner or something and i think you know i've met some pretty mean chihuahuas in my day and people people aren't scared of them because they're small right and so i i think that's the thing is is the size yeah yeah well you it's even with the horse a horse is a large animal and so you want to have respect for a large strong animal you know so it's not nothing to you know uh nothing to play softly where you want to have respect for a big, strong animal, even if it's the gentlest giant you ever meet. Um, and, but have respect for all animals, but you know, respect for the animal size and strength. And so it, it just kind of, we encourage our adopters to be more responsible than any other kind of dog owner. Um, when you have a pit bull breed, you have to almost prove six times more to the community that your dog is a good dog and you're a good dog owner 
and um, you know, you're not gonna be out there causing trouble and do, you know, doing bad things just because you're a pit bull owner. I mean, we have adopters that are firefighters and nurses and teachers and, you know, stay at home moms and any kind of profession you could doctors, whatever, um, all own this breed. And so, uh, that really also helps change the perspective of what a pit bull is and what pit bull owners are. What are some positive, unique qualities of pit bulls? I mean, we get so many of the quote unquote negative stereotypes, but what are some, what are some positive things that, uh, pit bulls bring to the table that maybe people don't know? Um, well, I always say people, these dogs are really loyal, but they're also really resilient. Um, resilience is like one of their main qualities. And we see that from dogs that have been rescued from really terrible situations where they come out of abuse or neglect or even dog fighting. Um, and we take them out of that environment and they go on to not hold any grudges against humans. They go on to live great lives with normal families. And it's just all about taking them out of that environment. And they, they come out of that with no grudges and they're just so resilient. It's just, that's the, one of the most inspiring features of the breed I've, I've witnessed. Yeah. So is, is Pitbull a breed? I mean, it seems like it's a, a loose collection of dogs. I mean, it seems like I can see them in different shapes and sizes. So what, oh, what yeah. is the, the boundaries of a Pitbull? Um, so basically, yeah, there's basically uh, Pitbull is kind of a blanket term. Um, but we take in all bully breeds at Fresno Bully Rescue. So that could mean a pit bull. It could be a mastiff. We do bull, all the bulldog breeds, bull terriers, any bully breed has come through our door. So we deal with all the bully breeds, um, but there could be like 30 versions of what that means. But basically for a pit bull, um, I mean, they could come tall, they could come short, they could come fat, they can come skinny, they could come athletic, they can come lazy, they come in every shape and size. Um, but typically it's, you know, that stocky, block, blocky head, um, muscular build, athletic. Um, so those are kind of the basic features, but they come in so many shapes and sizes. And I think we have every version of the, <laughs> of what you could imagine at our shelter. So people come in like, well, I don't have a lifestyle for a pit bull. Well, if you just want a lazy couch potato, we got those too. <laughs> what are looking for? Yeah. So how, how does, cause I've been reading about your organization and how, and it's so interesting. How did foreclosures lead to an organization that focuses on dogs? What's the relationship between those two things? Yeah. So we were formed in 2008. And if you remember 2008 was like the year of the housing market crash. So a lot of people lost their homes and had to move into apartments and uh, basically parts and rentals don't take a lot of bigger breeds of dogs. So that could be pit bulls, uh, German shepherds, Rottweilers, whatever. So pit bulls are on that uh, restricted list of like rental housing liability insurance stuff. And so a lot of people had to surrender their dogs to all the city and county shelters and all the shelters became flooded with these pit bulls. And a lot of the staff, everyone at that time kind of had only known the negative misconceptions. So a lot of the staff at these shelters did not feel comfortable or know how to properly evaluate these dogs or feel comfortable that they weren't going to be adopted by bad people wanting to use them for bad things like dog fighting or breeding. Um, and so instead of adopting them out, they would just euthanize them by the thousands um, just because there were so many coming in 
not enough places for them to go and not enough was, uh, I guess, known about them for people to be comfortable with them sending back out in the community. So that's where we started. Wow. And how, how has it grown from that, from there? Um, it, well, it's grown a lot. I mean, uh, in 2008, I think we just had about 12 dogs in a, in like a gated parking lot with some makeshift kennels. And it was a very, very like, uh, grassroots effort to, you know, we saw, we saw the problem and we were just trying to help alleviate some of the dogs out of the shelters and give them a second chance and do the thing where, you know, we have to make sure we're finding the right family for them and vet the people that are applying for these dogs to make sure they're going to go to responsible homes. Um, and we're the only breed specific rescue shelter facility in the entire state of California. So because of the need was so great, I think that's where we developed a lot of the support and we're able to grow fairly quickly. Um, but in about 10 years of us functioning, we were able to raise the funds to build our, our new shelter that we're at now. So it's all custom built for the about four acres in Sanger, California, and it's awesome. But it took us almost a decade plus to get to that point of raising funds, raising support, being in the community, being present in the community and getting the support from the community. So there's, there's a lot of cities that are like no kill cities or have no kill shelters. So in your view, what, what would it take Fresno to get to a place like that? Um, well, I know we work a lot with Fresno Humane Animal Services, and they're the animal control for the county of Fresno, and they're awesome. And so they uh, work with so many rescues that are even outside of California. We, they do tons of transports because a lot of different states don't have the overpopulation problem that we do. And so they'll, they'll take dogs and send them to places that, that have waiting lists for dogs. So wow. my dog's crying at me. So, <laughs> well, that's a perfect interruption. Yells at me when he uh, wants attention. <laughs> As they do. Well, yeah. um, you know, I, that's interesting. So part of it is like geography. I didn't even realize that, that like there's people being, there's dogs being transported. See, I just, I use people right there instead of dogs because I yeah. almost view dogs <laughs> as people. Um, but there, there, so there are certain places in the United States where there's just not enough dogs. Yeah. I mean, a lot of dogs ship up to Washington and Oregon. Cause like I said, the people have waiting lists of like waiting for a, a they want to rescue a dog. Their shelters are up there are like almost empty and we're overflowing here in the Central Valley. And so it takes community support and it takes support from just reaching out from outside of your area because there's places to send a lot of these dogs that, that want them. Um, Why do we have such a large population? Um, I think it's because, well, we have an overpopulation problem for like spaying and neutering. There's lots of litters that happen here and there's a lot of rural areas around here too. Um, so I think it's just a matter of, um, there's a lot of, not a lot of support to get your animals fixed or get vet care support, um, or the programs that are out there, they're, they're flooded, you know, they're overflowing. So they, they can only take handle so much. It's like, we need more, more support from our local community as far as supporting people that need help with their animals. Um, I think. And it's a Fresno County is pretty big. And then we have Kings County and Madera County. And so all of these 
regions are kind of similar being kind of rural and a lot of land. Right. So there, there needs to be a lot more kind of maybe a, a rural like spaying or neutering program that really goes out. Cause I mean, if you go out in any, we've got a family that has a, a farm in Reedley and yeah. um, when we're out there, there's always a new farm dog. There's always a new farm oh, yeah. dog that's hanging out. And so it's like, uh, and there, there's so many of them out there and it's, I don't know. So it, it seems like a big challenge if you're having, if you're dealing with rural areas as well. Exactly. And it's hard to get the dogs to the vet or the places to get, you know, fixed. I mean, it's a lot of people don't have transportation, um, you know, so it's just, trying to drive an hour to go get you know your dog fixed and then try to go back to pick him up the next day and so we need some some places have really cool buses that go around and just pop into different areas and do spay neuter days so if we could get some more of that kind of stuff around here I think that would be helpful as well awesome so what's your current population of dogs and uh, what are what are ways that people can get involved beyond adopting uh, a bully of some kind um yeah so well, um, at our shelter facility, we house uh, around 40 dogs uh, at all times. We have 40 kennels, so we're always around full. Um, and we're open to the public four days a week, so our people that want to volunteer with us can come. They can physically help at the shelter by walking dogs, um, helping clean, helping do chores, helping do vet runs, whatever we need. Um, but also, now I hope that things are kind of starting to get back to normal, but where we can go back out in the community for events. Because we used to do a lot of community events before COVID hit. Um, and that's been one of our most successful ways to outreach people is to just be out at community events, take a dog, go talk with people. And it's always interesting because no matter what, it's very polarizing. So people either like get super excited and like love pit bulls or they're on the complete opposite and they have, a, they have an opinion about it. But either way, it provides an opportunity to talk, talk with people and either change your mind or at least give them a different perspective or just interact with them. Absolutely. So do you guys do, you guys do some element of training uh, with these dogs before they're adopted out to families? Yeah, it depends on uh, the dogs. Sometimes we get dogs that, you know, come with all their skills and it's pretty easy. Sometimes we get dogs that rough around the edges and need some obedience training. And so that's the beauty of having our volunteers come in and work with them is they help practice walking on leash and all the basic obedience and just learn to get affection and learn not to jump. And uh, so they get a lot of interaction with people so that we really get to know our dogs first before we start introducing them to families and um, matching them up appropriately. Um, sometimes we'll have trainers come out and help hold classes on our property too. So depending on the weather and the time we we've done that as well. And that's awesome. Um, but yeah, a little bit of everything, but the main is just, just interacting with them on a daily basis and getting them exercised and interacting with them. So, um, uh, you were a dog person, I'm assuming. So what yeah, was your I mean, journey? Well, <laughs> it was kind of, uh, unexpected, you know, didn't plan it really, but, um, my husband and I just got married and we got a house and we wanted a dog and we're a young active couple. So we wanted to get, um, a dog that can keep up with our lifestyle. We're going to go camping at the beach and we're going to go hiking and do whatever. So we were looking at the Fresno Bee, you know, back in, back in the, it was probably 2006 or something like that. And, uh, 
oh, I don't know, here's a pit bull. Let's go pick out a pit bull, <laughs> pit bull puppy. And that's kind of how we started, but we brought the puppy home. And I think both of our moms freaked out on us saying, what'd you do? You got a pit bull puppy? <laughs> so, <laughs> well, what do you mean? What are you scared of? So we were kind of naive to just how, how major people's opinions were about the breed. But soon as we started bringing our dog out in public and just walking along the bike path and doing things out in public, we quickly realized people have opinions and they're not afraid to tell you. And it's so funny because with any other like interaction with a human or any other breed, people would probably just be polite and not say anything, but they just feel like they could say the rudest things to you. And it's just kind of caught us off guard. And I think that's when we've realized like, okay, what can we do to help? Like this is, this is an issue. And that's how we got involved because we wanted to help make a difference and help change people's minds. Got it. So you kind of view what you're doing as educational as well as, as, as for the dogs. It's also for the people. And so these dogs can live in a community where they're not seen as threatening. Exactly. It's all, it's all the machine that has to work together, you know, cause it takes responsible dog owners and it takes, you know, for dogs that we bring into our shelter to adopt back out in the community, you want to make sure that we're adopting out good breed, breed examples, good citizens of the breed that way they're going to go out in the community and continue to change people's minds for the positive. You know, I mean, it's amazing to see our dogs out and about in the world and see the lives that they get to live once they're adopted um, out running on the beach and, you know, camping and having coffee down at the local coffee shop and just being a part of the community. Like, you know, it doesn't matter their breed. They're just an awesome dog with an awesome owner out in the community interacting and being a good doggy citizen. Yeah. I mean, hopefully one day people would look at pit bulls like they look at golden retrievers and just, and their default yeah. is just like, Oh, that's a sweet family dog or whatever. Yeah. I think it's changing. I think it's changed a lot over the years. I mean, there's still some work to do. There's definitely still some prejudice, but it's a lot different than what it was when we first started. And I think that all, I mean, just I'll speak for us, us, you know, re interacting in the community and in the entire state of California. Um, I feel like that's changed a lot of perceptions. And I think that, like I said, just TV shows now about the breed, there's a, uh, that Tia Torres show, on Animal Planet and like I said the pit boss and I think people's perceptions of them are changing a lot because you get a lot more positive uh, media coverage on the breed these days too. So uh, to close what are um, it, it can be websites books resources what are some if people want to learn more about uh, dogs pit bulls and this world uh, what would you recommend I know you mentioned tv shows just now um, are there other things as well? Yeah, I mean, I, I thought about this question because I, I don't know. I don't like, I don't like pointing out, you know, just to watch TV show and that's going to teach you more. I feel like the, the best interaction and, and thing I've learned is I feel like people should go to their local shelters, no matter with, where they are. Just, the, just go to your local SPCA and maybe just volunteer for one day, just, just one day and interact and see what these shelters are struggling with, see what the dogs are struggling with, see, understand the overpopulation that the community is struggling with and interact with some of these dogs, no matter the breed, they're all in the shelter, right? But interact with a big dog or a scared dog that's nervous or a, 
a black dog that doesn't get looked at a lot. And um, I feel like that can really help people understand the weight of the situation in their own community. And then that's how you can get inspired to help. Yeah. Um, well, thanks for talking to me. I really do appreciate it. And I, um, where can people find out about what's going on? Um, so, well, they could visit our website. Uh, we're FresnoBullyRescue.org. And we're on all the social medias. So we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram and Twitter. Um, so you could always reach out to us on any of those platforms. Um, and I appreciate you reaching out to us as well. And thank you for your time. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. I hope you enjoyed today's show and my conversation with Bridget Booth. As always, you can support this podcast by either leaving us a rating and review or by making a financial contribution at our Patreon page, which is www.patreon.com slash Fresno's Best. We'll see you next time.